Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Ladies and gents, welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investor podcast with me, Frank Flegg, founder of Ethical Property Partners and... Maddie Norwich. That is Maddie Norwich's voice. Maddie, welcome to the podcast or welcome to your return to the podcast. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thanks very much. I'm on the countdown to holiday and very excited about everything that's going on. Oh, you do. When do you leave and where are you going? We are flying to Tenerife next Wednesday, just leaving about lunchtime. I'm pretty excited about that. Ah, awesome. That sounds amazing. I've just got back from Menorca and it was 34 degrees in Menorca and it was hotter in the UK. What's the chances of that (laughs) while I was away? Ah, that'd be lovely in Tenerife. Awesome. Awesome. Maddie, I am really excited about this podcast because I think it's going to be one of the most impactful podcasts we have ever done. Let's kick off with why I've asked you to do it. Those of you that listen regularly last week, we had a podcast where I talked quite a lot about Maddie. I don't think you've heard that podcast yet, Maddie. Have <laughs> no. you? No, I was I was singing your praises, yourself and uh, Ian Taylor, actually. I was singing both your praises on the podcast, but I really only scratched the surface of the topic that I want to talk about. So that's what this podcast is for. That's why I've invited you on, Maddie. I haven't really told you anything else (laughs) about it. And normally we have a bit of a plan. We're going to talk about this and this and this, but I wanted it to be unscripted and I wanted to get your gut reaction to it because I think it will be quite deep. So let's kick off with why I want to record this podcast because of your results over the last 30 days. We have to be cautious because we have a transaction that's due to complete, but it's still live and there are vendors and there are investors and there are people purchasing. But can you share with us how much unsecured lending you have raised in the last 30 odd days? I think it's probably the last uh, 14 days, actually, that it's £620,000 unsecured lending that I've raised in that time. £620,000 <laughs> in 14 days. That is amazing. And just to put this in context, right, how many years ago did you start with what was then Stepping Stones that became a EPP? Started doing my marketing for charities in May 2015, but housed my first person on the 4th of July 2016. Wow, you know your dates. That's amazing. So May 2015, that's when you started your, I'm going to call it your mental journey. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy journey. I mean your your psychological development so May 2015 so is that seven years so seven years yeah. so seven years on your property journey what was the most you'd ever borrowed from someone at that point like unsecured ignoring a mortgage obviously uh, nothing you'd never borrowed a tenner a thousand pounds nope I suspected it would be as and like most people go of course you borrowed I borrow a hundred quid off of everyone like every other week like I get to the bar or I go out and I forget my wallet or whatever but I know that your ethics with money are very different to mine I'm very you, you actually called me recently you said we were doing a JV I'd spent quite a lot of money on marketing hadn't I I'd spent a few ten, yeah. tens of thousands of pounds on marketing. <laughs> and then we were joining forces and you as part of the JV you were getting all the leads this was one of the leads wasn't it? This particular yes, transaction was, yeah. was one of the leads. You said, Frank, I'm happy with the JV. I'm happy that I do all the work and you bring the leads in and moving forwards, we're going to market together. But can we have some agreement on 
marketing spend and I said yeah sure well what do you mean and you phrased it I was telling someone this yesterday actually you phrased it as you have rather a debonair attitude <laughs> I had to look up debonair and when I looked at the definition I was like oh actually I do yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, I summarized it to my friend yesterday as uh, I think that money is for spending and enjoying and there's plenty more where that came from and I appreciate that that's not necessarily everyone's uh, <laughs> attitude to money so having come from quite a conservative background quite a frugal background and never having uh, borrowed money ever to then be able to literally pick up the phone and raise 620,000 pounds in 14 days is unbelievable. I was saying to Vander, I don't know a, another person that I've mentored. I have friends that, that could do this, but someone who I've mentored who could do that, I think that speaks volumes. But your ability to do that has meant that you can do this deal. It took me and my contacts to bring in the 1.8 odd million, 1.9 million of uh, secured lending. <laughs> but quite frankly, I think that was the easier job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> exactly. And you've bought this money in at very reasonable interest rates. And because of confidentiality, I don't think it's, it's good to, to share those interest rates, but very reasonable interest rates. In fact, the most expensive lending we've got, I think, is the um, bridging finance, isn't it? So we're bringing the unsecured lending in at less. <laughs> Do you see what I did there? I used the royal we. Yeah. <laughs> so I've set the scene right. I imagine that everyone listening, bar none, would benefit from being able to raise £620,000 unsecured lending in the next 14 days. Oh, we've had the valuation back now, haven't we? What's it being valued at, these 27 flats? 3.6 million. So it's being valued at 3.6 million. We had and I think this is remarkable. Royal we again. This was Maddie. Maddie's valuation on 27 individual units combined was £3.64 million, which is £3,640,000. The Rick Surveyor went out and saw every one of 27 units. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Inside as well? Did he actually go into them? Into every single unit, yeah. <laughs> On that really hot day last Monday. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, it was hot, yeah. yeah. Um, and has come back with a Rick's valuation on behalf of the bridging provider at £3.6 million. So that means that our valuation was £40,000 out on a £3.6 million uh, transaction over £40,000 over 27 units. That's less than £2,000 per unit out. And I think it's less than 2% out as well, which is remarkable. So congratulations on that. Given, Maddie, that how good would you have been at um, valuing a property seven years ago? <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of 0 to 10, minus something or other. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and, and again, that shows what consistent focus effort uh, produces you only owned your own house didn't you seven years ago uh, you'd never invested in property in your life you'd never borrowed money in your life never valued a house probably other than the one you were buying <laughs> um, which you probably just looked at other houses for sale and went well it's about the same <laughs> well, well it's worth it to us you've valued this at three point six four the rick's valuation has come in at 3.6 you've raised six hundred and twenty thousand pound deposit and the bridging provider are putting in the 
0.87 or whatever it is, which comes to the total amount. And the reason I'm going into great detail here is the bridging provider is more than happy that we're borrowing the deposit. And so when we talk about no money down investing, this is a no money down deal. Am I right in that, Maddie? Neither of us are putting any money in. So we're buying 27 units, significantly below market value. We're buying them for 2.5 million. So there's a 1.1 million pound saving there. Am I right in saying that, Maddie? The reason I keep checking everything with Maddie, by the way, is because she's the numbers and the detail person and I'm just the big picture person. If I've misquoted any of these stats in the last few weeks when I've mentioned this deal, these are the correct stats because these are the these are the ones that Maddie's sanctioning. The rest aren't deliberate misrepresentations, but could easily be a bit inaccurate. And so there's a no money down deal. So you have structured pretty much single handedly. Yes, we've worked together on it. A no money down purchase of of 27 units at 1.1 million pounds below market value, 30 percent below market value, which is amazing uh, over that number of units as well. So awesome transaction. Everyone would benefit from that. Who wouldn't buy a load of flats, no money down at 30% below market value in a great part of the country as well, you know, high capital growth down in the southeast or down in the south, at least from Derby. (laughs) So having set the scene of, you know, amazing transaction, there's two reasons that I believe you've been able to achieve this. One is you've developed the knowledge you develop the knowledge of how to do no money down deals, how to source below market value properties, how to negotiate with vendors, how to sell to vendors, how to put together a win-win solution. All of the knowledge, you've invested in the knowledge over seven years and you are awesome at this business now. That's not blowing smoke. Your results speak for themselves in, you know, 18 deals. Have you got 18 HMOs now? Uh, is that right? Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, your your net worth has gone through the roof. Do you know what your net worth has gone up by? Um, I I did. If I'd known you were going to ask me, I could have made sure I had it. <laughs> but yes, significantly. Give us a ballpark. What's it gone up by? Well, it's gone up from a percentage of our own home to plus almost a million. I think. I think we. I think we said we were net worth millionaires. I think that was our big celebration. Awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. And how much equity did you have in your home seven years ago? Out of interest. Seven years ago, we were probably at about. 40%. Cool. Rough value of the house? Today, about 350k. What's that, about 150k then, equity, something like that? Now we're a bit more because of capital growth, obviously, cool. but yes. So call, yeah. call it 200 then. So 200k yeah. equity, in yeah. it, and then you've got a million quid equity across your portfolio, which is amazing. Cash flow per month, positive cash flow from your property business, what's that? It's probably around 5k. 5k a month wow and you were a a level tutor seven eight years ago what were you taking home on that i'm curious um i was a 0.6 so i was pro rata to 0.6 of uh 28k i think it's around 19k something like that so 19k a month is about what 1700 pounds something like that and now you're doing five grand a month so what's that three times that amazing amazing and i think some people would look at it and go well you know seven years yeah it's seven years a long time it's a lot of dedication but we're not pretending that this sophisticated property investing lark (laughs) and i do think it's a i do think it's a lark i think it's really good fun it's a really good game is a shortcut to riches but it is a sure path to financial freedom freedom of location equity growth net worth growth and financial freedom and and riches (laughs) there's no two ways about it so 
one part of your success is definitely the knowledge. You needed that. But the big part, Maddie, and the reason you and I work together, the reason you've been able to raise £620,000 in the last 14 days, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's absolutely amazing, is that people trust you. By negative example, in contrast, I have known partners, EPP partners, who have got more experience than you, have got better results historically than you, you know, larger portfolios, have more time than you, because this isn't your only enterprise or any um, project. You run a church with your husband as well. So you have multiple foci. You've got kids (laughs) and marriages going on with kids and soon to be grandkids, I'm sure. I bet that's an exciting thought for you. Bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Excellent. So it's not like you haven't got anything going on. Your husband's got a a, a significant role in a wider organization as well. So people with more time, more experience, a better track record or a more demonstrative track record that haven't been able to find investors who will buy properties from them at full market value or investors who will lend money to them. And I've looked at it and I've thought, just go out and have coffees with people, just talk to people. And you often say, oh, the system's just so simple. It just works. You just, you go and have a, like, I've heard you coaching people. It's like, it's just easy. Go, go do this. (laughs) And I'm kind of the same, but perhaps a bit more appreciative of how challenging other people find it because I don't find it as easy as you. And I think that shows the level of rapport you have with people and the level of trust they have for you and the level of respect this is it how many phone calls did you make or texts did you send or emails did you send you know how many reach outs did you do how many people did you reach out to to have 620k come in as in how many then said yes we'll lend to you um so i reached out to eight different people seven said yes the eighth would have liked to say yes but he's unexpectedly remarrying this year and relocating so understandably (laughs) he needs his funds at the moment but he would have liked to join in so yeah seven reached out to eight and seven have said yes and that is the sum that got us to the sum that we need to be honest i probably could have got to the sum in six but there's another guy who was in the process of bringing on board as an investor and so I asked one of my other investors if they'd be willing to put in a bit less to leave a bit of a window to include this other person so seven have said yes that's hilarious please can you put a bit less in because you know I don't I want to I want to make sure there's enough of this deal to go around for everyone what a fantastic attitude of abundance that is we talk about abundance as one of our uh, 14 points of culture on EPP seven people on average I've just worked out the maths have put 88 and a half thousand pounds in and actually all eight wanted to go ahead it's just that one one circumstances have changed and and so they they can't at the moment or, or choosing not to at the moment this might be a hard question for you to answer but why why did seven out of eight people or basically everyone you phoned said yes maddie here's eighty-eight and a half thousand pounds why did they say that? that's unusual right and i'm sure people listening are thinking <laughs> it's not unusual for me <laughs> no precisely but what is different and this is you know a serious question what is it's not unusual for you like you you had a hundred percent confidence that you would raise all of this money 620 grand I think there's a bit more to come in isn't there how much more uh, have you had promised but haven't had in yet well, how much well I've got well it's promised from two people one is this new guy who I was bringing on board and he just wanted to talk to his son about it but I've got a backup investor who'll put in that amount if he doesn't go ahead and how much is this uh, 45k 
and that gets us to 665 and is that the amount we need yeah yeah cool so i'm just going to keep saying 620 over seven seven people but there's a little bit more from one other person but you've got to back up for that anyway when we started talking about this a few weeks ago I thought you might be coming back to me asking for about 200. So I actually, oh. <laughs> I actually liquidated about 200. I, li- I lined up 200 and I thought Maddie's good for 400. It would be unrealistic to expect her to get every penny of it. Um, and we're on a really tight time frame. You know, we've got like three weeks now to complete. Let's be cautious, Frank. Where will I be getting 200 grand from, you know, if, if, if I need it? And I thought, yeah, I can get it from there or there. And yeah, I'm all good. I'll be honest. I'm pleasantly surprised. And to be fair, it's a compliment to think that you that I thought you'd bring in 400 grand or 450 grand in two weeks. That's pretty incredible. But to bring in the whole amount and to not come back and say, actually, Frank, we're short this, you know, a, a few days ago, or whatever, I thought you were going to say, actually, we're 45 short. Have you got that available, Frank? And, and we didn't even have that conversation. You've gone and found two people that have got that. So my question to you is, what is it about you that means you can pick up the phone and borrow multiples of 88 and a half thousand pound on average from seven people i mean a couple of things come to mind as you say it i think one of the biggest things is the absolute belief that it's possible i believe that it's possible and i'm convinced that it's right what you know we're giving this vendor exactly what he needs and we're giving these investors are fantastic opportunity. I believe that right through to the core of my being. I have no doubt about that. And so, you know, people think that getting finance investors on board is about selling. And I I don't actually think it's about selling. I think it's about doing really great work for people who are unsophisticated, don't know how to invest their money. Most of these investors are, you know, not sophisticated investors. They're just people who've got a bit of money sitting in the bank and don't really know what to do with it themselves. And so because of everything I've learned, you know, I I know what they can do with it and it does them good and we're going to use it to do good. So I'm really utterly convinced that what we're doing is great. And then because I guess of my own values, I believe that because it's great, of course, it's going to work. And so I, I don't have any doubt going into it. I didn't have any doubt I'd be able to find all of that money. Uh, But I think um, it also comes down to relationships. And so we talk a lot, don't we, about B times do equals have. And I think, you know, this is on the B side of that equation, isn't it? Is all of these contacts are first or second tier contacts, which means I either know them personally or they know someone who knows me personally. They're not all first tier contacts, actually. Two or three of these are second tier contacts. And I don't have any doubt about it. I think it's, yeah, belief that it's possible, that it's doable, that it's the right thing to do. I've done pretty much coffee chats with most of these people to kind of bring them into what we're doing and why we're doing it. I've probably told them all something slightly different because I know them all well enough to know what information will help them and what won't so it's a tailored pitch that's based on really knowing them I think those are probably the two things belief and then relationship I think you've separated out the second bit so I started with two factors knowledge which we're putting to one side for this podcast. When talking about vendors, knowledge is really important. Understanding what 
borrowing you can get on a property, understanding how you can monetize a property. I'm going to digress for a moment. Maddie has already set up full market value sales on how many units of the 27, Maddie? Well, one entire unit of five flats and then three additional flats, although possibly we could do another entire unit with that person if we wanted to. We've already got two investors. That So the, this, this portfolio is split into five buildings. So we're buying, let's just do average numbers because it's easy, 2.5 million for five buildings. They're an average of 500k each, but there's 1.1 million of additional equity there because it's below market value. So five properties, 1.1 million into five properties is 220 grand per property BMV. You happy with those numbers? I'm checking with you. (laughs) (laughs) So Maddie has already lined up for two investors to buy a property each at 720k when we're paying 500k for it so there's already 440,000 pounds cash in our pocket as soon as we can sell those properties so obviously we've got to transact them we've got to buy them we're not doing a tdic turning discounts into cash flow on this it, it's just a bmv purchase there's a number of reasons for that that I, w- I won't go into now but it um it's largely down to the vendor actually the vendor wanted simplicity didn't he so we're, we're just buying it from him rather than structuring the purchase whereby the investors pay the 720 the vendor gets the 500 and we get the 220 instead of doing it like that which is how we normally do a uh, we just charge an estate agency fee of 220k rather than do that we're buying for 500 it's more cumbersome it takes a bit longer you have to finance the 500 you pay stamp on the 500 etc but the upside of it is it's very simple for the vendor but maddie's already lined up to investors there's 440k there which is absolutely amazing so not only have you raised the 620 but you've also got two investors ready to buy so the knowledge part of explaining it to the vendor, explaining it to the finance investors, explaining it to the full market value purchasing investors is important. And am I right in saying one of the investors is a finance investor and a purchasing investor? Am I right in saying that? Yes, two. Both of them. So they know that we're buying these at at, at 500 and selling them at, at 720. So it's completely transparent and they're happy with that deal. And so when people talk about, oh, you know, this is terrible, you know, taking advantage of people, etc. No, the vendor knows, <laughs> the, the finance investor knows, the bridging company knows, the finance investors buying them back off us at 720. And it's because they're happy for us to make money because they couldn't do this themselves. And of course, we're managing them for them ongoing, aren't we? So we're going to look after them for them. We'll bring them into hopefully the Stepping Stones project at some point and be housing 27 homeless people in these houses, which in these flats, which would be amazing so that's knowledge put that to one side well I had in my head relationships but you've mentioned mindset and I think there's those two so mindset is absolutely critical the belief absolutely that you can achieve it the belief that you're capable of achieving it that you're capable of because you can never know that you can buy a property you can never I guess if you had the 2.5 million plus transaction costs in your bank I guess you know you could buy it but if you are borrowing money from anywhere or if there's unknown about planning permissions or anything else there's an element of uncertainty so having that confidence that absolute belief that you're going to do this is all that's required with the vendor if you've got the knowledge and the belief and the mindset the vendor is taken care of there's no initial historic relationship with the vendor it's always a brand new relationship well most of the time it's a brand new relationship the vendor you'd never met this vendor before they inquired to uh, responded to our ad had you 
No, not at all, no. So for the vendor, it's really simple. And I know you've worked on your mindset massively over the last seven years and you've read books, you've listened to audio and you've attended our monthly training days, weekly webinars with massive consistency and dedication. The bit that I'm interested in, because I've come across people who I think do have as strong a mindset as you, do have as much knowledge as you, perhaps more. I've actually come across people who have a stronger mindset than you, although your mindset is increasing all the time, Maddie, and, and, and you're, you're probably at that upper end now. So may, maybe not as strong as, uh, not stronger than where you're at now, but certainly on a similar level from a mindset perspective and a positivity perspective. And some people go, oh, stop talking about the woolly stuff, Frank. You know, get down to brass tacks. This is brass tacks. You can't stand in front of a vendor and say, it's worth 3.6, I'm going to give you 2.5, unless you believe that you're adding value to the tune of 1.1 million. If you believe that that's ripping them off, if you believe that they're not going to say yes, if you believe that's somehow dirty or wrong, then they're going to pick up on those vibes. So I accept that your mindset is amazing. But the bit I want to hone in on is the relationship bit. So when you say second tier contacts, can you give an example? Like one of these investors has invested some money. At what point did you not know them? (laughs) Yeah, really interesting combination of people. So we've got a super friendly, high eye, very chatty gentleman, wife very similar, a family member who is a super detailed person in a really detailed job, really high C. And so had a Zoom chat with the three of them. And it's interesting because it's actually um, the parents, the super friendly, high eye people who want to invest and they brought the son along to ask the detailed questions to help them make a good decision that's great yeah really (laughs) great and then really probably quite a challenging dynamic on zoom to deal with to be honest because i need i need the parents to reach a level of trust with me uh, that means that they'll invest that they feel comfortable but actually it's really the son who i've got to sell to because he obviously has been given you know there's some kind of right to veto if he says don't do it they probably won't do it so you've got this odd dynamic of people that you're trying to help understand why this is good for them on a Zoom call. Uh, so I had so that so I had about a 40 minute Zoom call with them. Went through all of the details. And to be honest, I, I did do like best and next times after the call, and I was really pleased with how it had gone because the son kept saying things like okay and you've answered that question and that question by accident that's great and so I knew I knew I was nailing it along the way which is a great feeling and then they just emailed back it's a Thursday evening six o'clock when I spoke to them and the son was quite very very diligent and so I thought I'm going to extend my own timetable I really wanted answers from everybody by Friday at five o'clock but I wanted to give them till Monday it just felt right in terms of the pace that they might need to make a decision and I didn't want them to feel hurried And I did say to them, look, there's absolutely no pressure on you guys because I do already have an investor who could put in the funds that you said you might have available. So this is just an opportunity for you. And and I don't mind whether I borrow them from you or whether I borrow them from him. I'm just delighted to be working with either of you and making your money work harder for you. And so by nine o'clock on Monday morning, I had an email from them to say, yeah, we're happy to go ahead and send us paperwork over and we'll sign it and get it back to you. Amazing that you've gone from not knowing them two weeks ago to being introduced by your friend and 
investor to having a Zoom call with them to them saying pop over paperwork and we'll go ahead. And what I love, Madden, this is part of the EPP system is you've done it all to your timetable. Like you had a timetable of Friday and you're like, I'll extend it to you for Monday. Like most people listening will be going, oh my goodness, what you got, you got signed paperwork in two working days and that was an extension. <laughs> but it's this whole attitude of they're lucky to be doing business with you. Not an arrogant attitude, but you know, this train is leaving the station with or without you. Would you like to get on and come on the journey or would you prefer not to? Whereas I think a lot of people are, please, can you get on the train so we can leave? And if you've got that mindset of, I need, come on guys, I need some of you on the train, otherwise we can't leave. All of a sudden you're in a scarcity mindset. These do all interact, like what you're describing is a very competent, confident leading of these people down the path of a, of a sale. But it wouldn't have happened if they'd seen an advert on Facebook. There is no way the seed that germinated it was the friend through through your church. So what I want to ask you about, and, and there's two, is that right? Two, this is one example, but there was another investor that was tier two. Did you not know them two weeks ago either? I knew their name and they probably knew of my husband. Okay. But you'd never spoken to them about investing. No. You'd never had dinner with them. You'd never, no. So, you know, knew of each. So you must have been in the same circles but it, again it's a recommendation oh and out of interest how much did the example you just described the chatty parents and the detailed son invest um so that so they've invested 70 70 000 pounds and the other tier two people how much have they invested they're the ones that are yet to confirm it they'll be 45 oh so they're the 45 and they may or may not go ahead so let's stick with the example you've given what is it about you or your relationships that has had five people say, yes, I'll invest within 14 days. And two people who you've never even spoken to have such glowing introductions to you that they've said, yes, we'll invest as well. It's a hundred thousand pounds. If they both go ahead that, that have never met you before. You've never even met them in person. That's unbelievable. Unsecured. You know, they've, they've got a personal guarantee from me who they've never even spoken to and a personal guarantee from you who they've never met. That's unbelievable. If you wanted to be a con artist, I think you'd be amazing at it, Maddie. But do you know the funny thing? That's so funny to you and so funny to me. And that's what I'm getting at. That is so far away that people know that that, that is ridiculous, that, that you would never be wrapped up in anything like that. So what is it about your relationships? What is it about those five, six, seven people who do know you that gives them so much confidence in you? You you mentioned you've got an investment journey with these people. I have sat down before you had an investment journey with anyone six and a half years ago, seven years ago, whenever it was with investors of yours. Um, In fact, and I don't want to disclose any any confidentiality, but I think one of the investors, I think the person that didn't invest with you, the one out of the eight, I sat down with right at the start. Am I right in saying that? You may well have, yes. Yes, I think I did right at the start because I remember uh, the the situation and that that fits in with what you've said. Um, But I remember sitting down with two or three of your prospective investors and they knew that you were brand new in property. They knew you'd never housed a homeless person. They knew you'd never sat down with any other investors and they knew no one had ever invested with you because you're very open about all that. 
and yet they did without exception one after the other and I think we sat down with two or three and at the end of that I was like Maddie you don't need me sitting here anymore you can just sit down with these people and sign them up all on your own whereas I have done and you followed the system to get them booked in you followed the system to position them on what a full market value investment was or what a finance investment was you did your due diligence on the types of properties they wanted you presented properties in your area and showed them the yellow ROI sheet and took them through the full market value investor process I have done exactly that with many EPP partners and a few spring out and obviously I won't mention any names where none of them went ahead And we got to the fourth or fifth person. And I'm thinking, these people have got money. We can help them. This investment is perfect for them. I can tell I've got rapport with them. And I can tell that the other person has a level of rapport with them. You know, they're sat there with good intentions. All three of us are sat with good intentions, but they haven't gone ahead. Whereas every one of yours went ahead. Why do you think yours all went ahead? Given that you had no experience in property, your knowledge was very low, I can only add so much trust, you know, in the hour or two I'm with them, I can add a two out of 10 trust, but I do that for you and I do it for the others, but the others didn't go ahead. Why did they go ahead with you? Maybe different knowledge and experience of me prior to that meeting that means we get up to that, you know, buying line on our trust report curve much more quickly. Definitely. A hundred percent. It's about the rapport curve, definitely. And you are walking in a much higher level of trust and rapport than the other partners who failed to succeed with investors. But what is it do you think in your relationships with those people prior to presenting property that has got you that additional trust, has got them higher up? And the reason I say this, Maddie, is there will be people listening who metaphorically have been banging their head against the brick wall for years and years and perhaps decades and they've been going on this course and this course they've tried this business this business but they're never getting any success any real traction because of this this is why I'm excited about and I know it's taken us a while to get there but I wanted to set the scene you have got something that millions of people want and that's what I want to try and tease out today so that people can start working on it because it's holding back thousands and thousands of thousands of people from success in their property business and they don't even realize it. They just feel like, oh, that course didn't work or that system doesn't. We've had it with the EPP. Well, the EPP system, I can actually hear a, a past partner saying, the EPC, EPP system didn't work for me, Frank. And I thought to myself, I thought, you're right. It absolutely didn't work for you. you didn't say it didn't work because it's very hard to say it doesn't work when there's yeah. <laughs> tens of people making it absolutely you know, making the millionaires on it. But I thought to myself, oh, yeah, it absolutely didn't work for you. So what is it about your experience with those people or their perception of you, Maddie, that differs from some of the people that failed? I love what I'm doing. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> the people hear me talking about it a lot before they... At the start, you didn't. You'd only been going a few weeks. Yeah, true. Yeah. and I, But I guess I was super excited about it and utterly convinced that it would work. These people are excited. 
these other partners are excited. They were really excited, probably more excited than you. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, <laughs> Would you like me to tell you what I think it is? Go on, yeah. So it's kind of good that you didn't listen to last week's podcast. Perhaps go back and listen to it. Vandra and I had the conversation, and I might have shared this already, that we were entrusting things and information and software with you on this 27 flat transaction that we would not entrust with anyone else on this planet. And that really, it was just a conversation that, that came about. You know, we, we've made you our agent on that transaction, which means you can sign stuff for us, etc. You can liaise with the solicitors on our behalf. And Vanda made the comment that I wouldn't trust anyone else with that. And that's such a massive statement. And it, it got me thinking. It's like, we've got family members. I've got family members who are estate agents that know property. You know, I've got friends. I've got colleagues in property, et cetera. I've got business partners. Um, and it's a combination of things. You know, your competency level is exceptionally high, but it's integrity. It's absolute trust. In fact, we had the conversation about what if this 620 grand came into your account and then went to the solicitors? Well, to entrust, I wouldn't ask for that in writing. I just trust that the 620 grand goes in your account and then, but you could walk off with 620 grand and I've just signed as guarantor on it or, you know, but, but that wouldn't even occur to me that I'd need something in writing with you. We might have an email just to clarify, yeah. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't dream of needing a signature from you, which is very, very unusual. So my take on this, Maddie, which is what I was kind of getting at in last week's podcast, is it's not what you believe. That is massively important. That's the mindset part. It's not what you know. That's massively important. That's the knowledge. It's not even what you say, which comes from that mindset, the positivity, the belief, etc. It's what you do. If you are sat here listening to this thinking, oh, I wish I had investors. I wish I had people referring me to people that lent me 70 grand unsecured. I wish I had a contact book that I could phone seven people and have 620 grand lent to me within two weeks. God, the deals I could do if I had that. Or even I wish I could partner with Frank and Frank make a phone call for me and bring 1.87 million in. How long did it take us, Maddie? Three hours or something? Yeah, it, it was. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but you get what you deserve. I don't partner with many people at all you know I, I, I only JV with uh, EPP partners on property deals and I'm selective about the EPP partners I JV with <laughs> and so you have earned that you know I've seen in you a synergy that means that it's worth us joint venturing you have built that trust with those investors that means that they are ready to invest with you. And if you're sat here thinking, I'm not getting those results, you know, I wish, or cool, that would be nice. Maddie's only getting what she deserves. This is such a bitter pill to swallow, guys. You are only getting what you deserve. So if you, like those other partners, have sat down with investors and they've not actually gone ahead, it's because those people don't believe in you. It's because those people don't trust you. And I've actually done a lot of analysis on this. I've done personality profile analysis. I've done subjective analysis with my coaches, looking at partners who failed as much as partners who've succeeded. We've done a whole load of analysis to see who we should be recruiting more of and to because I don't like people coming on board and paying me money and not getting results <laughs> I'd much rather have 20 maddies you know and <laughs> us have big parties every year about becoming millionaires and I believe that it's what they have done previously their actions 
previously, the decisions they've made previously. Knowing you, Maddie, now for seven odd years, you have never once compromised your values. That's unusual. It's really unusual. I have never known you, I've never heard you speak of someone in a way that you wouldn't be comfortable speaking in front of them. And that's unusual, really unusual. I've never known you, even in a conversation, contemplate doing something that's unethical or dodgy, <laughs> you know, anything other than playing with a straight bat. And Loads of people listening will be going, oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But last week I gave some examples of people just over 700, 900 pounds have compromised their values, have decided, well, I think I can get away with it. So I'll keep my head down. And you never would. You never have done that. I knew it would be hard for you to answer, but I wanted to see you squirm for a bit and see what you came up with. For you, I wholly believe that that is just normal. That's natural. For most people, I think it isn't. I think it's unusual. I'll ask you the question in a minute, but my take on it is you are a Christian and live your life by that. I think a lot of people call themselves Christians, but don't actually live their life by it. So I think that's a major part in the decision making you, you make. But I also think the fact that you've been a leader in your church with, with Mark, your husband, has meant that you've held yourself to a very high standard. But then I also think you have just done right by people, not just talk about it on a podcast, but actually have done right by people over the years. And so there's just that absolute confidence in you. So when you sit down in people and go, I think this is good for you, I think you should do it, they believe you. For those of you listening, if you don't have investors that you can pick up the phone to, and you don't have people that buy into you to that extent, look in the mirror and think, okay, so what am I, Maddie's not lucky. She doesn't have some super duper group of friends. When we first sat down, Maddie, do you remember? You're like, I don't know anyone with money. I was like, you absolutely do. You just don't know they've got money at the moment. They yeah. don't know you can help them. And now they fall out the sky and into your lap and, and you realize they were there all along. But everyone knows people with money. Everyone knows people who they could help invest profitably and earn more than they can in the bank. The difference is those people don't necessarily know. And if they do know and they're not investing with you, it's something you're doing wrong. It's something you are doing. Can you put some meat on those bones? That's my take on it, Maddie. Anything I've missed? Anything you want to elaborate on? Because I want to give the people listening as much help as possible. Now, guys, there's no shortcut, right? You're not going to do some super duper voodoo stuff in the next two weeks and then have these people invest with you. It's it's going to be a journey. It's going to be years, potentially, of building those relationships. But you have to start somewhere and you have to start along the right path. Because if you stay on the wrong path, you're never going to have those relationships. Don't forget, some investors might be just below that rapport curve and you start conducting yourself in a way that is higher than it is right now and holding yourself to higher values. And uh, on the podcast, I talked about, you know, holding yourself to a high standard in terms of I'm going to get up at this time tomorrow. I'm going to do what I say to myself. You know, I'm going to phone that person at that time because I've told them I'm going to phone them, even though I don't have good news, I have bad news and it's a really hard conversation to have. And so you need to start now, guys. What, you know, advice, what tips can you give people who want to start on that journey and want to start holding themselves to a higher standard? I think you're right, by the way. I think it, there is, you know, there's a historical thing of people have known me for years. And so I think that's a massive advantage. And lots of my investors have known me for a really long time, probably 10, 
15, even 20 years. But can I um, pause you there? Because yeah. loads of people will be now dropping below the line going, well, I don't know. I haven't known any investors for 10 <laughs> or 15 years. I don't want to wait 10 or 15 years because everyone's looking for the shortcut. You knew these people just as people, right? Seven yeah, years ago. Absolutely. You, you, yeah, yeah. They weren't investors then. All of us guys know people have known people rather for five, 10, 15 years. You've known your yeah. parents probably for most of your life. <laughs> you, you've known your brothers, your sisters, your stepbrothers, your, your brother-in-laws, your, your uncles, your, your, some of your friends. So please don't drop below the line. We all have long relationships, but it's what they've seen of you, Maddie, in those relationships, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that's a massive win. For me, I guess it's about congruency, you know, who I am, not somebody in business and then somebody else at a party or somebody else at home or somebody else at church or somebody else at the gym. I'm the same person everywhere. I don't put on a persona for any of those environments. I just am the same person in all of those places. So when people encounter me in business I'm the same person as I am with them at the gym or at church or you know wherever at the school gate wherever it's been and so I think that helps people doesn't it you know they haven't got to get to know this different you in business you're the same you as you are everywhere else I think that makes people feel very comfortable and gives you know lends massively into that sufficient trust and I guess as well, you know, I just, I'm a really people person. One of the first things you said to me when we met Frank was property, being in property isn't really a property business, it's a people business. And I was like, oh, phew, get the few, that's a relief. Because <laughs> I don't really care about things, but I care deeply about people in every walk of life. And so I see, I, I believe and I see uh, that I'm genuinely helping people in every direction whether that's a homeless person on the street or a high net worth individual who's thinking about investing I genuinely believe and live out that my desire to help all of those people guys I hope you enjoyed this episode I think this uh, topic is so important and I think it's a major reason why people don't achieve success but it's within our control it's a hundred percent up to us. Jim Rohn says you get the results that you deserve. Anthony Robbins says the results that you achieve are perfectly tailored to the value you've brought to the world. And if you are disappointed with your results, there's only one place to look and that's in the mirror. As hard a thought that is, it's equally empowering because it, it means you're completely in control and you're completely able to raise your game and bring more value and be more for those around you and then the results will follow um maddie thank you so much i think next week's episode is coming from a yacht um i'm taking my boys sailing so i will be doing a water-based episode once again and it's been over a year since i did a yacht-based episode but until next time guys happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment